G'day and welcome to episode 133 of the Stag Raw. I'm currently sitting outside looking over what is an intense green. We've had a little bit of rain, a beautiful day. We have the bluest of blue sky. I can see the mountains, the trees, the animals. Uh, the stags have stopped roaring. What a shame. <laughs> And yeah, I've just finished, almost finished listening to a dear friend of the show, Dr. Greg Emerson, speaking with an earlier guest, Pete Evans. And wow, that's that's a great message being shared. Um, and I had a conversation with Greg yesterday, so have a look out for Greg's Treat the Cause podcast. I'll be on that very soon. As I said, it's in the can, so looking forward to hearing that. And just appreciating the beauty that's around me. I've just finished mowing the lawns. Cows are enjoying some of the clippings. Um, what a time to be alive. Um, and that was after I had this incredible conversation with, and I'm sorry to all the incredible guests that I've had on the podcast, but finally I've got Yusefa back on the podcast. He was episode 18 and in that podcast, he said something that changed my life and I hope has changed the lives of a number of my patients. I'll go into that in, in the podcast. And I look at Seth as, actually, I'm going to use his full name too because he, he talks about that, Yosefa, as a gift to me. Um, I first met Yosefa in the water polo pool. And you can probably go back to our first episode and hear this story, but... Um, it was an under-18 invitational tournament. I was playing for the South Island Secondary Schools. And it was our first match against, I think, Sefa. Yeah, Sefa was playing for Maranui. And I got a bit cheeky with one of the players. And then all of a sudden I was being marked by this large Samoan man who promptly said to me, are you ready for this? And on the turnover, um, articulately humbled me with a and well-timed jab to the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing with the big boys. And um, yeah, then I'd never thought anything of it, never saw Sefer again until Keegan Smith, and we talk about Keegan Smith's influence on both of us in this podcast. He's also in, in the earlier ranks, I think around episode nine. Um, introduced me to Exogenous Ketones, which of course sponsored the podcast. And I met Sefer again uh for a brainstorm, and that's where we got on to recording that first episode. Again, Keegan Smith and the Real Movement uh, journey, I suppose, has brought us back together and back in conversation, and I suppose the angst and feeling, we've been in touch over social media, but um, has brought us back together to record this, and we had a chat on Tuesday night, and it was powerful, awesome, um, and again, you'll see that Yusufa and I could talk forever, um, even after I pressed stop, we talked further uh we brought up the or he'd brought up the topic which i've called this podcast is that be the mufasa to your simba and just have a think about the lion king there the hero's journey that is the lion king um and yeah the guidance of those elders um speaking of sponsors kit mulligan he's been on the podcast too has teamed up with us uh in modern pirate which, as you know, is the Australian-made men's grooming lifestyle products. They've got a great range of natural soaps, earth clays, and activated charcoals. Um, 
the hair products. I've used both the pomade and the clay. Uh, outstanding. You know, I'm I'm worried about losing my hair, but <laughs> I'm 31 now. Hopefully, I've I've got it for the rest of my life, but we'll see. Um, those two products are epic. It's always hard to find stuff that holds, stuff that gives you shape, um, and then washes out. And this is perfect. Um, and it's with natural products, and it's really really good so with modern pirate we've teamed up with them um, and it's an absolute pleasure we've given you the code staggeraw to get 10 percent off at checkout um, check it out the links in the show notes modernpirate.com.au and yeah 10 percent discount on your purchase um, so yeah it's something that we are doing for the staggeraw community uh, keep you looking good keep you feeling fresh and also supporting one of uh epic podcast guests and kids actually a distant relative so that's also really awesome right let's get into this chat this has a been a long-winded introduction i haven't even mentioned the the stagger or caps <laughs> they're also in the show notes they're pretty cool thanks to everyone that's ordered so far much appreciated let's get into this chat it's wicked uh Tuyaso, love it absolutely love it enjoy reach out to both of us is it recording is that, it's underway. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, fuck, I, I forgot to check what when you came on. It was like one of the first. Fuck, few. Maybe. It was 2007. Yeah. First handful, I think. Right. When was Shit. it? I'm scrolling. Introducing Stag. Uh, Liam McElwee. That was one. Big Taylor. Graham, Tony Dodds, Klapavi, Keegan Smith, Ben Logan, Alex McCall, Don Matisse, Michael Upper, Franz Kepler, Tim Doyle. Oh, there we go. 18. Your separate two years. Oh, bro. That's my um my girlfriends and my uh, lucky numbers put together. So nice fucking guy. <laughs> Which one are you? Eight or one? I'm eight. She's ten. Oh, you're, bit, you're very lucky in China as well, mate. Oh, it's just um, more lucky in China. <laughs> um, yeah, I did quick math over here. Quick yeah. math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but how about that, bro? Like barber shops. Mm-hmm. Like the reason that I go to my barber is that I, um, the conversations that we have. And go yes. from anything to, from being like the week that was to high-level political um debates i feel it's just it's, who, that's just um who is your barber just like, they need a shout out because that's that's what you look for when you go to the barber ricky barber's chair you know wh- who you are thank you so much you clean me up but uh yeah i better be first on your list when i come when it gets back down to level two bro yeah i got into <laughs> i got into cc's uh Sorry, I don't know his actual name. I've only been there twice, but he's a legend. He has such a minimalist feel. He's got a beautiful um, Hereford skin on the floor. Just cheers, big mirror. He's a big dude. Good oh, chat. Is that in is that in Kingsland? Oh, this is in Hastings. In Hastings. Oh, sure. right. I'm gonna look it up because he's worth it. Um, same in Hamilton. Uh, mm. Fox Kennedy Barbers. They are champs. Mm. And in Invercargill, shout out to my hometown, um, Chaos, which is a salon, 
But Mike, oh, I, thought, I thought it's a guy's name was Chaos. I was like, damn, that's an aggressive name, but I like it. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no, the, the uh, barber slash hairdresser in Chaos is Mike, so it's a salon, but you will have a barber experience when you go see Mike. He will shoot your ear off. It's awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mate. I think that's important. Like, even when. Um, Oh yeah, let's let's get into some heavy stuff, eh? Hey, you, you you go you go with that. What's important about trigging your off? Oh, I just think I think it's important, man. Like, um, how often do we get to like just sit, be super like uh, at, exposed to somebody who can just one end your life with like a slip of a razor blade, but also <laughs> just like um, but dive like super deep into um, their own psychology through just chatting with you. It's like, mm. it's such an interesting experience. Um, yeah, that's why you got to pick your barber well. And if they, if they don't offer you like a, um, a hot shave afterwards, you know, you're not like going to the right place. You're going to have a place that's willing to give you a hot shave. Mate, my, Whether it's big, yeah. my hairdresser yeah. is, is too exclusive. I can't, I can't find him on Google. Must have a yarn to him. Maybe he's that he's that uh, booked up because he's so good. Maybe that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will have to find out for another episode. Yeah, I reckon that that's that's the the difference. So I I have in the front of my journal this thing called the Goldman Sachs Unofficial Guide to Being a Man, and one of the oh shit. One of the rules, which uh, they say, also don't follow the rules. Um, but one of the one of the guidelines is to, uh, if you are a man, to have a man, preferably an older man, cut your hair, so that mm-hmm. the the description is, you know, he, this dude can tell he's in Hong Kong. He can tell you about um, the Chinese occupation in Hong Kong, or he can hand you a Playboy, just whatever you, whatever you want. And that's same with my barber. He's like, I can do you here in five minutes, or we can be here for half an hour. <laughs> well, I think that's like a super, super important place to be, like especially now in the um, in the psychology. Oh shit, that we live in um, collectively is that you have a place where you can bring uh, your forum, your issues to the table. Mm. Like the like the Athenians and the Trojans and the Spartans, they all had um, the arena, right, where they they challenged themselves both physically and 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 mentally um, every single day. And like, you know, how often do we just kind of sit behind like what we're kind of good at and not challenge ourselves every single day to, um, yeah, just challenge ourselves every single day? And that's like what old people do. That's why mm. we used to why Greg Popovich, I think like one of the cool stories about him is that after they lost like an NBA final, I think I might've shared this story with you before. I don't know if it was on a podcast or just when we chatted, but Popovich, um, but I think they lost like game seven of the playoff for the NBAs and he got, and, and he got everyone. So pretty much they're out of the, they're out of the playoffs, but he got everyone out. Um, out of the the locker room after they were changed, that he booked a table. Family and everyone was allowed to come, come, and they sat down and they and they ate together. 
And I think that's just, and that was just by the, the first 20 minutes was awful because mm-hmm. no one wanted to talk. They just looked and the menus couldn't sh- exchange eye contact. Um, but then like they slowly started breaking the ice and it became like the reality that they had lost. Um, I guess uh, there was the death of the story that they were going to be NBA champions and there were some tears. And then they had dinner, they broke bread and they they moved on together. And I think like that's the important thing that older people can kind of share with us was like the importance of like spending time to fucking together, you know? Um, I don't know how that came about, but it just popped into my head. So, yeah. It's mean. Um, what I took out of that is like when you're married to the story and that's the beautiful thing about um, sports is you get to buy into this passion, this vision, this story and it motivates you. I was talking about in the previous podcast about having that part of you that's accountable to something. That's why, why teams and, and story and narrative is so important because it gives you a guiding light, a, a way to direct yourself to. But then sitting down and, and conversing brings back that human element and also that element of we're in reality now. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. It was like, yeah, because that's essentially what uh, suffering is, right? Mm. It was like, or pain or like any adversity. It's like when you're shown by a mirror of reality that, uh, that the story that you're trying to, believe in isn't real anymore mm. and so you need to be, so you so you really need to be fucking done with it and whether that's like conversing or um or or shedding tears and or getting introspective sweating whatever your process is is that like that's it right like i don't know, Holy fuck, I, don't know. I know some things Man, suffering is the mirror telling you that the story you believe in is done or isn't working anymore. Man. I don't know what I said, bro. That's what you said. It's just, um, it's I'm just, I'm reflecting it back to you, man. That is awesome. And I, I've um, been, been going through a few of those. It's, it's, um, it's truth. That's you should you should write that down. That should that should become a meme and. And be on a book. And it's on a podcast, bro. It's on a podcast now. <laughs> no, man. I, I I think it's like a weird thing to. Um, no one wants to like go through like pain and adversity and suffering. And there's always this like, fuck, this sucks. Mm. But then, but I know it's going to be good. Like the result yes. is going to be, or the outcome or the learning or the growth or the development from it is going to be good. Um, you know, like there's that, I think somebody, so like there's the, whatever adversity that you're going through, like there's lots of different ways and archetypes that people kind of put them into. Um, but Rogan's been popularized, popularized this idea of like the hero's journey mm. and like being like your own hero and like at some point, like you're going to have to go through like the belly of the beast, like to mm-hmm. kind of, um, so it's applicable because you're a hunting phenom. Um, <laughs> Trying to be anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But it's like, it's the idea is that like, um, like the pain 
the suffering, the adversities are going to come. So it's like you should go and seek it, seek out the pain and the suffering and the challenges um, before they come and flood you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, like we, we say all these things about um, like sports teach life lessons and all of these things teach different life lessons, but it's like the actual act of seeking out adversity and hardship and learning to the processes of overcoming those actually is like the part where you end up being able to handle fucking global pandemics and breaking up in relationships, having um, failing at juggling. Like, (laughs) you know, like I just, I just sat here for the last 15 minutes trying to juggle five balls and I failed miserably and I lost one into the ocean. So I'm, I'm juggling four, I'm juggling four balls for the next day or two, but you know, it's, you know, that's all good. Like we learn that we can like, we can keep growing and we can handle, we're a lot more resilient and human than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah, man. Juggling is awesome. And this last weekend with, with the real movement intensive, I, um, I got another mirror was shown up to me. So Keegan had some space to fill. It might've been when, when your talk was supposed to be on. And, um, mm. and now I've he, just got headphones and I'm going off the fucking, I'm going off the phone now. I'm just like, screw computers anymore <laughs> i've got i've had to i had to break two bubbles to try and get on this i'm just gonna use my phone <laughs> yeah but like i've been like, dabbling with that four ball combination and king's been like do two, two plus one and, and i sort of thought two plus one was a different thing and then he you know highlighted mm. like two plus one and then he was he was like you know record yourself you know look at yourself, get a baseline and then build from that. And, you know, the other night when we were yarning, you were saying about how your four ball is kind of like um, you were stuck at 30 seconds, then you see yourself the benchmark of a longer time and you nailed it. And mm. that was the same yeah. with me, me with my left hand. It like just comes, goes all over the place. The height is so variable. And so I've mm. got even gone behind two plus one and just gone to straight juggling with left hand and trying to get that mm. minute. And then it turns out, like, my left hand can only go for, like, 19 or 20 throws and then it falls over. And I was like, oh, shit, that's an awesome realisation. And then all of a sudden, Mm. I was like, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, and then got 76. I was like, boom, right. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, finish you going to win. Finish you going to (laughs) win. Bro, and that's, like, essentially what that talk was supposed to be like. I'm going live with them tomorrow at some point. But it's like... You know, like if if you um, believe that you can do something because you've done something before, i.e., I believe I can juggle um, because I juggle four balls or two balls in my left hand because I have juggled X balls before, then like we start connecting the dots and our beliefs become like a true story rather than I believe I can't juggle two mm-hmm. balls because I don't, or four balls because I don't practice juggling four balls. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's all of that, man. Like growth, like growth mindset isn't just this popular term to um, sit in this binary concept of um, like we have it or we don't. We, um, we believe we can change and we can't. But it's like, a, again, like another reflective tool um, and a global perspective that we want to dive into. It's like seeing the world in a little bit more 
optimism and possibility rather than scarcity and fear because it's a shit place to live when you live in that in that space like um and i i know there's lots of factors that contribute to that and i think like that's something that um real movement is really trying to dive into is this idea of teaching people how to be more human um but that's it man like if you set a standard high and you understand the context of which you sit in in relation to the standard and then you go out and practice and you have reflective tools and you understand that you have this perspective of growth and fuck like anything's possible man like I, I just remember listening to Ryan Magic on the oh that was awesome on the Friday bro blown my mind you know like usually I don't dive super deep into guys that speak like that like yeah. they turn me off but like yeah. there was something like you could see in his eye that he actually gave a fuck about the people that he was talking to whether it was the 50 that were listening at the time or the um or the the thousands of people that were listening later yeah. like he was like Gen- he was so you can hear it when somebody's authentic it ro- rolls off their tongue mm-hmm. and when somebody really cares um, and believes in what they're, they're saying, like it won't, the conversation won't stop. The frequency is higher. The eyes light up a little bit more. Um, yeah, it's, he was, he was amazing. I've, I've got his, his notes sitting right here beside me. Uh, that, that was accidental, but straight away, it's, it's funny, like the vibe or the reson- resonance of something like that. And it's like, that's the beauty of, of getting lessons is then being able to share them and, and grow them and, and start those little wings flowing. But like straight away, I had like three conversations afterwards and I shared that like use willpower to make decisions that far outlast the motivation. Um, something that's exciting and scary right. creates growth and fulfillment. I was like, <laughs> Yeah. And that's it, right? Like, um, that's I mean that's it in a nutshell like the the scary things are the are the cool things that lead to the cool results I don't know if you ever popped Manu's um, <laughs> off like really 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 high objects um, it's like you know the fear of climbing up the fear of jumping but the result of just making a super big splash is like so satisfying you know and there was all of the little climbs and troubles that you're doing as you try and get up the, the tree or the, the edge of the cliff to jump or the, the wharf or wherever you're doing it. But, like, yeah, it's worth it, man. Risk is worth it. Yeah, man. I yeah. mean, obviously, obviously there's, like, calculated, like, this is not a, a grand sweeping statement saying risk everything you have. Um, but it's like a calculated, intelligent risk, right? Like I know, like if you've got, a, I think Rohan, Rohan said it, sorry, Rohan um, said it, it was like, you know, if you've got a family, um, like obviously there's a different dynamic there that, of things that you need to take into account. Like you can't just be like, yep, I'm risking it all. Mm. Yep, everything's got, but yeah, just being calculated because like the things that you don't know on the other side of will show you um, the things that you're capable of that uh, you might not have even expected. Yeah. Mate, even, even like, well, I'm 31 now. I remember when I was younger doing, doing front flips and knee flips on the trampoline, but always canning myself on a backflip. And then I was on a trampoline, like 
mm. the weekend before or two weekends before lockdown. And I was just like bouncing around. I was like, I'm going to try a backflip. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, mm. I can do a backflip. And so now I've just opened up, exactly like you said, the possibility. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, shit, that could be. Yeah, that could back flips. Yeah, yeah. Now I can get better at it. Yeah. But how? How? Like that's just a perfect example of like exactly what we're talking about, right? Like our limiting belief in what we think we can or can't do really becomes a true story if it stops ourselves from doing the thing that we want to do. I'm sure you've had millions of times that you wanted to try a backflip, but you didn't. But yeah. like you made the decision and you were like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Flipped it. And you're like, oh my God, like what was all of that sh- shit going on in here stopping me from doing it? Like I'm an athletic, physical looking, good looking specimen. Surely I should be able to <laughs> pop a, pop a backflip on a, ch- on a, on a trampoline. Like, yeah. That's yeah. uh, buzzy. Mate, um, I've yeah. done 133 episodes before this. And when people ask me what's my favorite, I do say it's our episode, episode 18, and that's not to diminish everyone else because they've been incredible, but one thing that changed my life in that conversation is you retelling a conversation of when you first went to UC Berkeley and the water polo coach asked you, not why do you want to come to UC Berkeley, not why do you want to play water polo, why do you want to play for us, was uh, what are you passionate mm. about? I have asked that question mm. to so many people now, and even if they don't know it, I feel like it plants the most gigantic seed in people. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it changed the way that, like, I approach everything. Like, he didn't, I, I, I still am so grateful that I, he asked me that question because it, it, if I didn't ask myself that question, if he didn't ask me that, self, that question then, and Keegs hadn't asked me along the lines of similar thought of, if not who, if not you, then who, if not now, then when. Yeah. If he didn't ask me, if those two questions weren't asked to me, like, and I get stuck sometimes because, like, I'm good at what I do and I start building other people's dreams. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I get stuck because I have success in other people's dreams. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, like, I, I slowly put into comatose my own like selfish um, visions and goals for myself because like there's something nice and being good at what you do. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but, um, but like, you know, in this kind of situation and of, you know, no one really um, knows what this is going to look like, you know, like what is is different to what will be in four to six weeks in New Zealand and in Australia globally. But if you don't, if I didn't ask myself those questions, I wouldn't start the process of like building the things that I'm actually passionate about. And I think you asked me like a really good question the other day when we just had a quick chat. It's like, out of all of this, um, societally, what would you want to see the outcome being and that kind of leads into it is like you know you're kind of having this global reset of anything as possible um you know like whatever you whatever you really thought were limiting factors um before are not relevant like you live in a in a world of like possibility um to create 
Um, and I think one of the, like somebody far more intelligent than me once said is like interruption is the, the cancer of creativity. So like in the world that we kind of sit in today, like we're constantly interrupted by our phones, by like the work that we do, not following our, our passions. Mm-hmm. And so like those, like, once you have your passions, obviously you've got to find like putting some purpose to those and like the values and the foundations that you sit on. But like, you know, the, just starting the question starts the thought process of like, where am I going? Mm. Like, where's my, where's my hero's journey? What, what adversities am I seeking out to fucking challenge me to be better every single day? Mm-hmm. You know, and fuck, like I'll be the first to admit like same as, same as a lot of the coaches on that chat, I'm fucking human. Like, it takes me a double shot of espresso, um, <laughs> some fucking pump up music, and maybe a couple rounds of Wim Hof to get me going in the morning. But then, like, you know, like I don't want to be sitting in the same place I did. I don't want to be sitting in the same place tomorrow, um, not thinking that I've grown from today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mate. Um, I got asked the question yesterday. I had a hell of a day yesterday, did so much. And they were like, are you always this busy? I was like, nope, I'm just taking this opportunity where there is so much space. There is so much space Mm. here right now. And Mm. I, when, you know, I'm away from my daughter and that's changing next week, but, um, I have so much space, so so much, I'm so pumped. Um, so much capacity, um, to do, like I say, anything within the confines of this level four stuff. And it's mm. like, here's an, here's an opportunity to be better. And like you're saying about that interrupt it is, is so true. There's so many ways that you could divert your attention. And then, then you also said about like living the dream. And that's where this reset, this slowdown is very, you know, and it's probably agitating me a little bit. It's like, am I living my dream and I am and I'm not. And I think that's where my frustration is. And I always talk and I've blogged about how your sense of frustration is your gift to the world. And mm. like, um, the, the concept of starting to get caught up in living it and fulfilling other people's dreams. It's like a, it's like a, a short dopamine hit. And it's like, oh, I did a good, good thing there. But, then I also distracted myself from my dream. I wasn't honest towards myself. And like, that's where yeah. um, this dis- this interrupt, this disruption of, of COVID is, is mean that like what I thought, again, those stories, what I thought the story was going to be for, for the business that I'm in. I'm like, is this going to be a reality? Um, and is this where I want to be? Is this how I want to live? Um, what does mm. it mean for my family? Like that's been disrupted. Mm. Um, and it's just like, whew, take a breath for a moment, enjoy it, do the do the things that you can you can do, and hang on tight because it's going to be one hell of a ride. Like you said, four to six, and maybe even hanging over for eighteen years. What this world is going to be is exciting and scary. It's 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 one of those. What, what did he say? Exciting and scary is creates growth and fulfillment. Like, whew, mm. take, that, take that in. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, exactly. I th- yeah, you kind of hit the hit the nail on the head with that. Um, 
yeah, like we just, no one knows what X is going to be created out of this, this situation. But what we do know is like money. I don't even know if this is a, uh, hyperbole is like 90% of the population aren't doing the thing that they probably feel most connected to valued for worthy of, um, passionate about in the world. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, like these big fucking buildings behind me, like, <laughs> like they, they weren't created from the fucking dreams of, uh, of playing small, you know, like real movement wasn't, and I guess that's how, what really kind of connected us on a higher level was like our relation there with Keeks and being able to talk this kind of stuff. Uh, that wasn't, that wasn't, um, dreamed on the, like the shoulders of a small man, you know, like mm-hmm. Keek had all of his mentors and now he's able to mentor others and that contagion is going to spread because you've got people that are willing to put themselves out there and challenge themselves and question everything. Like we had that conversation when you were challenged by something one of the speakers said. And I was like, hey, man, like, don't, and you said it back to me. Like I said, challenge everything. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that's right. Don't be afraid of fucking other opinions, right? But mm. at the same time, it's like, You've got to be um, willing to be, I guess, around people that want to share in that vision and share in that kind of uh, global perspective that the world is very optimistic and full of po- possibility. Mm-hmm. Like, so, sorry, dude. A little kid just tripped on his bike, but he's oh, got no. training wheels, so I'm not going to... Yeah, how do you fall off a bike with training wheels, bro? <laughs> Yeah, possible. You're right, bud. Good, mate. Um, how is the how is the ghost land of Winyard Corner right now, Bruh, Like, I'm just kind of sit, basking in it because every time that so last time I was down here, I actually held a, a workshop for the Ultimate Waterman competition that was in um, NZ. Maybe 2017, maybe it was earlier that year before we talked. And um, yeah, I just did like some basic movement, locomotion flow for athletes and spectators. And yeah, we, we hung out. Um, but it was so packed and busy and chaotic. And I thought, wow, this is really, really cool. But um, it's also really nice when things are really quiet and not crazy and packed <laughs> in this space, you know? Like, yeah, I like the non-bumping of shoulders kind of thing that's going on at the moment. Um, yeah. And I'm sitting outside. Um, I'll show you a photo. I'll flip my camera. How can I recommend that? Yeah. So I'm just outside Team New Zealand headquarters and, um, mm-hmm. A funny, funny story, like a good friend of mine, um, his head of, his S&C coach is the head of Team New Zealand's S&C coach. And like, you know, when I was starting out trying to get into S&C, um, 
I back here in New Zealand, I really wanted to be a part of um, something big, mm-hmm. like a big churning machine. Like I wanted to, I wanted the environment because I remember what it felt like as an athlete, like being in there and I wanted to mimic my athletic experience. Mm-hmm. And so I had him uh, reach out to uh, like his S&C coach and like get some feelers about um, like potentially just dropping in and turning, like not paid. Like even though I had the, like a little bit of experience and I was like, I believed in my coaching abilities on the floor and I was open to learn like um, in New Zealand, there's a very small fraternity of S&C coaches that are willing to give guys that haven't gone through um, AUT or Auckland Uni a chance or have their PhD or in the process of their PhD, like an opportunity just to sit in Mm -hmm. thinking that we're going to fucking break athletes or something like that. And Mm -hmm. I remember like, Getting the receiving the feedback of like, nah, he's not really interested in taking anyone in and being like, fuck man, like if I was a coach ten years from now with the experience that I'm gonna have, my doors would always be open because the influence that we can have in shaping the next generation of coaches if we really believe we're doing a good job is so infinite. And like I'd like to come down uh I like I like coming down here now because I'm just around the corner and it like and do some work. So I've got my, so I've got my books. I've got a couple books in here. I think I've got Lost Connections, and I've got some uh, some Chopra. Got my, I got my juggling balls in here. I got my handstand blocks. Um, thanks, Phil Quee. Um, uh, but like, I like to cut, I've liked to, I've enjoyed coming down here for the last couple of, um, days, weeks, because it's like a reminder of like, fuck, like, yo, it's a check of where that journey's kind of come from. Mm-hmm. And so this guy kind of being like, nah, I don't want to help coach it. I don't want to help you. I'm living in like a protection of my job. It's like, bro, like, yeah, you're missing out. And now. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm not complaining. My exposure to that is um, professional rugby wanting to help them with um, uh, sports vision, wanting to help them prevent and recover from concussion. Got mm. a big fat no reply. <laughs> and, and hey, they might Do be you know busy. Really- they might be busy. Bro, but like, you know what? Like, uh, the more athletes are getting injured um, and facing CTE issues, uh, the more, like, your um, product is going to end up being valued. And you're going to be like, hey, what about that time that I... You don't have to rub it in their face. You, you, I'm sure you're going to be super humble and humi- have some humility with it. But it's like, ah, oh, now you see the value on what I'm doing. Like, ah. Like, but everyone's going to have that cog shift, right, into mm. place. Like not everyone sees the, 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 the puzzle the same way that you do and they need to get that cog to shift go so it starts working. Yeah. Um, get it back and chuck it in the um, gear. It happens every mm. the funny thing with that, bro, was that, you know, I 
I've got some close friends in NBA basketball and fucking the Golden State Warriors pay this guy, uh, their eye specialist. I don't even know what he actually does, but um, he, they pay him like millions of dollars because of like the demands of athletes to perform on the field like visually and, and um, psychologically um, uh, and physiologically. Like it's so crazy and that so he has he like he's able to test for all of these different factors that are going on and like you know everyone's afraid to be first mm-hmm. you know like I'm sure there's like lots of people that would have thought that's stupid but you know like those firsts end up being the common denominator five years from now in every other performance sports team. So, the, the frustrating thing yeah. is um, there's a, a, a documentary. It's about the English rugby team when they won the World Cup in 2003. And, and there, there, is a, there is a massive part of it about the, the behavioural optometry that they not, did. Not in Victor say that... Uh, I that, think it's like Sweet Chariot uh, or something. Like, tissue. Not in Victor's, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Propaganda. <laughs> that, yeah. that Saffa propaganda. <laughs> yeah, that never happened. <laughs> I did not. That I did never not, happen. What are you I talking about? I did not watch Jeff Wilson screw up on the sideline when I was seven years old. Seven years old? Yeah. I remember the golden locks being pulled back and everything like that. <laughs> Poor Jeff. In Chicago's finest effort. That's why he's, that's why he's bald now, eh? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think Jeff, Jeff's prob- probably in no, Chicago's finest. The, um, it's, 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 what about you, mate? Look at you. What are <laughs> you, got, six foot four? Just eight percent body fat. Probably nine. Shredded <laughs> to the girls. <laughs> Ladies, what are you waiting for? <laughs> yeah. um, what is it? Isolation. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I saw it up. <laughs> not, not. Um, nah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, it's, it, it is like you were saying about the, the protected thing, the safety net, the end. And mm. as you showed me that structure, it is like this is this is housing. And it's not a university, isn't it? It's like um and and we're seeing that I don't know if you listen to Lex Friedman and, and um Eric Weinstein talk, but that was the thing they were talking about yeah. this that the problem with the Western world is it's built on growth. And when you have one professor create twenty PhDs and those twenty PhDs create twenty more PhDs guess what, there's no space now for professors. And so to be to get tender now as a professor mm. just takes forever and then so it becomes this privileged class who, who decide on, on who gets the PhD and who gets the um, you know, associate professorship and, and teaching fellowship and stuff and it just becomes this mess mm. of politics and stuff. And that's also the same with, you know, New Zealand is that we've, you know, and I'm sure it's the same across the board it's just that scale when the aim is growth you create scarcity yeah i can think of so many parallels to that mm. the, aim, the aim is great and so you create scarcity and um people's knowledge becomes commoditized 
and therefore you lose that collaborative mm. nature, which is what, which is what schooling and university, especially collegial, but that's fallen by the wayside. And that's again, what's so refreshing about an intensive, like what we had on the weekend was just so powerful. It was like open, open source, clearly sharing information. And again, mm. again, like, like he was saying about those moments clicking into the cogs, like, I've followed Keegan since 2013, and that, that's that's the first time I've I've jumped into real movement to see what's behind the veil. And holy shit, is it impressive! The moment that you unlock their their platform is just like whoa, that is that is a service. When you pull back the curtain, right? Like holy shit, <laughs> he's fucking unreal, man. And uh, he what he's creating is um like something that is so accessible and digestible in a world that is super noisy um yeah. of that content like yeah. the is like he's making coaching development like cool again it was like <clears throat> there's lots of coaching development specialists out there um organizational psychologists really diving into like like how to create this and but like they speak in a language that isn't as accessible to um everyone as they think it is like that they're, they're speaking a very privileged academic language because i've dived in studied it quite deeply so there's lots of assumptions made at the, at the level of people that are trying to access the information but what keegan's actually done is created something that anyone can access at any time and if you choose to take action on it um like it will change your life and you'll have a global community of people supporting you because everyone in that community cares that everyone is getting better because mm -hmm. of that whole concept of a rising tide floats all boats like imagine if everyone in that community could hit a 60 second handstand boom what the fuck does that unlock what if um, everyone in that community could uh, jump on a podcast and speak about what they're passionate about for an hour? The bar's told, what is that unlock? And that's what he's doing. And, um, you know, he, I mean, he's got lots of great support behind him and I'm, I know he acknowledges them and then the people around him. But yeah, he's doing an epic job. He's doing an epic job. And that was what was really cool. Like, you know, you were scheduled. There's no, there's no. Well, we broke it. Uh, just I was just going to say, there's no. You there? Yeah, we're there. You there? Yeah. Um, there's no, like, fear in that uh, culture of, mm -hmm. of speaking up or standing up. So like, you've got a bunch of people that, like, you know, a lot of some of the stuff early on, like I didn't quite understand what like Keegan was trying to do and like, I've seen him fail and succeed and fail and speed into where he is now. I'm sure he's going to have lots more failures and lots more successes, but fuck, I'm sure he, he's chasing them down. He's like, yo, let me grow. Um, uh, but like you've got a bunch of people in there that will quit everything, you know? And I think you're way more valuable to a community and a culture if you're willing to ask the question, like be a bit not so much of a yes man and follower. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's there. I think that's what high-performing culture is. Like, I don't know if you've read the book um, Culture Code by Dan Coyle. If you haven't, uh, you can borrow it if you pay it forward to the next person. But, like, essentially it looks at the common denominators of what high-performing teams have in, in common. And, like, one of the things is, like, the communication is, like, on a level of, like, yeah, we're trying to get shit done here. Yeah. Mm. I was like, you th- yeah, yeah, and get better. And it's yeah. not a night. It's necessarily nice all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think I have read that actually, but maybe not. I, I must, I must dabble it in it and see if it, it springs to mind something. But um, yeah, uh, you, yeah. you're saying about there's no fear in that. And and that's what was really cool about the opportunity. Like he, he had you lined up to do an hour and you're still going to be able to do that hour. But like even getting people to jump on and, and do five to 10 to 15 minutes. And um, that was really fun. Like you said, to talk about your passion. So I purposefully made sure I went in there without really preparing and spoke to a topic I'm hugely passionate about. Now I got, I managed to, you know, because I knew where to find them, quickly download um, the paper that I was speaking to and it's about um, fasting, <laughs> and, fasting and rat models for, for macular degeneration because I just see that as such a parallel to society. It's like a metabolic syndrome, it's a toxicity syndrome, um, and then it's this this tool of fasting that's a real mindset thing and, and, it's, and it's an expanding possibility. Um, so, yeah, that, w- that was really fun to then test myself could I speak for 10 15 minutes on this topic just off my passion and my interest and, and you know, that was hugely rewarding like holy cow maybe I could talk, could talk more of that and, and and I sort of hope to and then you also brought up like special teams mm. elite teams and, and when Greg Emerson was on he was talking about how there's not a SAS uh, person there's special forces teams there's you know the reason why a lone, mm. a lone survivor is is so epic is because he's using that those team skills to survive and sure enough it's usually the team that they pr- protect and and it's um victoria crosses are about that service that the person did for the sake of the team for the sake of the team members for the sake of their community or the sake, sake of the story um us you know, man, it's like vibes. Um, something showed up to me the other day that it was, it was something about like uh, people buy into the special forces and they they start off with defeating the country and 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 the ideal, but really it becomes this team unit and they're defending each other um, because shit, that's that's got to be a pressure cooker. But yeah, it's it's amazing how, mm. like you say, in a team context, things grow and when you are in a team and you've got toxic members or toxic leaders, it, it's, you know, it's an age old question. What, what creates success? What creates a winning team? Um, but it's just this complete vibe and complete, complete buy-in that um, creates that winning culture. And even if, like you were saying at the start, that, that culture dies out and, and you haven't achieved what you all bought into, um, the outcome of it is also so powerful. You're this unit, you're this family, you're given, given your soul to each other, you've bought into a common ideal. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's 
it's an awesome thing to then find to be a part of it. And I'm unsure about where real movement applies to me because, <coughs> because I'm not in strength and conditioning, that SNC, the word that you keep saying, strength and conditioning. But in terms of coaching and leadership, there's already so much value um, out of that. And, um, you know, I've recommended yeah. it to, to a number of people that are involved in that space. And, you know, I'm finding value in then my mate that did buy in and, and, and part of it, man, he's just in the space of a weekend exploded in his, in his ideas. And he, I need to connect him up with you because mm. um, he is, he, we spoke on. Where's he based? He's in Auckland. He works for Millennium. Um, he works with Westlake, and, and, but in rowing. And um, yeah, he, he was talking, and I'm sure it's good if I talk about it because it might give him a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of accountability but he's like what you did with water polo getting these people out of school giving them that that goal that why again if not you then who else why can't you go and enroll scholarship in the states and and pay, pay your university in a more worldly manner and and mm. instead of kicking in about it in new zealand mm. get, getting drunk you know <laughs> you could be you could be create exponential growth you could be worldly you could be world-class education and you can be world-class wrong system um and hey if, yeah you 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 again you don't want to be first because there are some people in rowing that have gone to the states and, it, and it's disrupted their their pathway but already those people that have been disruptors in that pathway uh, are finding that you know the path back that return return journey that hero's journey is is starting to be recognized so it might just be that paradigm shift and he might be the leader in, in that field when it comes to rowing mm. yeah i guess like then the question i would put back to you is like um one i think that's you don't know you know you don't know what you don't know right and you can't yes. do what you can't do but at the at the end of the day, the question of whether real movement applies to you ends up being like, how do you want it to apply to you? Yeah. Like how, what do you want it to mean for you? Like, because again, in a world of endless possibility and opportunity, why the fuck not could you be X, Y, and Z of what you want to be for this program? Like, obviously, like I'm not the spokesperson of it, but like, I feel like that's the, um, the kind of perspective shift that, um, I like operating in is and like we always think of uh the world in like a two part of in a cost benefit way mm -hmm. but like I think and and that's good and it has its benefits and it has its uh it has its pros and it has its cons but then like we've got to think about it in another way when we add of cost we might what's the cost of not doing this that's right you know like we have the cost of doing it like of doing the thing, yeah, I know it's going to take everything that I have, and it's going to take financial commitment and X, Y, and Z. But then, on the other side of that, what's the fucking cost of not doing the thing? Mm. The cost is I might just stay building other people's dreams. That's right. And I and I think like what this, you know, from what I get from this project and how I want to see it is like I'm I'm allowed the freedom to learn grow fail put content up that's right that's wrong um and i'll be taught that's right and supported in keeping my evolution like and it's it's not it's not 
the be all and end all. Like once I've written my fucking my my book on aquatic S and C and coaching, <laughs> like then like that doesn't that's I'm putting it out there for everyone to challenge it. You know, yeah. prove yeah. me wrong. Like make make everything that I've said in this book unvaluable. Like if mm. I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Like but please, like put it to the test. Like you know. Like, yeah, and um, that that that's what I want want to highlight is that I'm. I want to really, really, really highlight the value that I've achieved in a small, small time frame. The way that mm. I'm thinking, you know, it was what three weeks of of uh, lockdown went by, and I've and I've been exploring a number of ideas with a number of different people. But a massive paradigm shift happened in the space of one weekend, in the space of one group coaching call with with Keegan. You know, that wasn't a that wasn't an individual. Cool, but there was like mm. so much value out of that. You know, two or three little takeaway points make so much difference. It's that butterfly effect. Um, and then you brought up an awesome point there about like put it out into the world and see what happens. And that's what I've been trying to do more of in hosting this podcast and also being guests on other podcasts. And, and even in, in the mm. case of the of the intensive, it was like talk for fifteen minutes, express your ideas and see what the feedback is mm. because feedback allows you to grow. Right. Um, and, and, and like, that's what, that's what um, Rob Wolf did the other day. He, he, he attacked, or didn't attack, he digested the 5G conspiracy and then somebody just made a flippant comment and he was like, bro, go through line for line and get back to me because I put a shit ton of research into this and if you think I'm wrong, tell me and I'll be that person to yeah. do that. Yeah, it does no. take it take a little bit of of courage. I keep coming back to this word courage. Um, somebody else that wasn't there on the weekend, um, Metamorph. What's what's his name? Um, Mitch. Mitch. Mitch Pike. Mitch Pike. Yeah, Pike. We, yeah. we we got to, to the the crux of it was courage. Um, of all what he talks about mm. with with Metamorph, um, is is courage mm. to take that step to do it to risk you know, risk you know risk ratio and stuff like that yeah it's, it's, it's powerful and it's about like going to your left side of your chest like feeling that heartbeat <laughs> heartbeat and fucking acting on that and stop letting this thing coach you out of it yeah like you can get easily get coached out of anything but it's like you know who are you when you daydream like when you end up sitting and you've been in work for a couple of hours like, where are you? Like, are you out on the farm, like doing the thing, having, you've got your farm, like you're visualizing all that. These are small, like things that people, professional athletes use as high level tools to like see them through the hardest of adversities in competition. Like, mm. and if you're always there, there's, there's a question to be asked there. And it's like, but then on the other side of that question is like, do you have the courage to act on it? Do you have the courage to look awkward amongst the, the people that, or, weird like seen as a weirdo like in front of like people that are your peers like you know oh shit i just um exit was in hold up are you let here bring it back let me bring it i'm here yeah, oh, it's I just your video <laughs> um yeah i'm sure there's like <clears throat> hundreds of aquatic people around the world that wonder why the fuck do i lift super heavy weights and then practice strict gymnastics yeah, you know, like, what, like, what's the correlation? And it's like, I'm just learning to grow. And like, why do I program like 
different things and locomotion and movement and, and my programming is like, because like I can only coach from where I've come from. Like I can only coach people to kind of feel my experience to the best of my abilities and where I've been. So like, I'm going to give you the best of me. Like, and that is the best of me when I'm doing those things. So why not program that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, as I said before, I brought up the the question I got asked yesterday. Like, are you always that busy? I think like those people questioning your day to day, your patterns, your what you're doing. That's curiosity, and and take that as a compliment. You're you're sending mm. an example. You're you know like like when I get that eight year old and I or five year old even and I ask them what's their passion, and their mum and dad look at me like what this person is five, and the and the child sort of looks to their mum and dad. Fuck, high five that. Boom. <laughs> and the, high the, five that. What's amazing is like the child will look to their mum or their dad to be like, what on earth does that mean? And because they've never, ever been exposed to that question. And it's like, mm. and I say to them, what is the thing that you love? What would you love to do? You, especially when they're five, I'm like, you're five, you can do anything. What would be the thing that you would love to do? And they mm. still might not come up with an answer. They might go really shy. But I've just gone, here you go. Take that away. This is an eye exam, yeah. but take that away. You got to plant a seed, right? <laughs> plant, a, plant a seed. Um, yeah, you're welcome. This uh, social psychology test was free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and, and what I also no. hope, what I also but, hope with that is like that moment that the child looks at their parents for like reassurance or whatever, and, and often the, the parent has got a blank look in their face. Hopefully, that also but, like speaks to them, like. Shit, what am I passionate about? Yeah. What do I want my child to be passionate about? What do I want to expose them to? (laughs) Bro, that just reminded me of like, um, when I re I did like a little bit of like a, a a values kind of reset Mm -hmm. and, um, and it came and, you know, I was just kind of, like I was saying before, I was sitting in a place where I was building other people's dreams I was helping people build their businesses, make money. And then like, I'd kind of get disinterested because like I put my like heart into X, Y, and Z. There was no growth in it for me, but yeah. And, um, so I did some work and, uh, dived into like, what are my like actual values? And the fact at the end of the day, like I have a couple, but where it all kind of stemmed from was like, I want to be somebody that, my nephews and nieces are super fucking proud of you know mm-hmm. like at at the simplest like there's lots of other values that come along with that but the the end result is they they want i want them to tell stories about how cool and what kind of person i was like or i am and the things that i was able to do and conquer and that's like like super humbling right it's like if you start from a place of like where you were most inspired from and like you dive into that like there's so many different things that come up for people but yeah that was that was that was mine and i think that's such a cool question to ask young kids right it's like what are you passionate about because then it it exactly does exactly what you're saying it's like let's start ask starts parents asking themselves like, what am I fucking passionate about? Like, yeah. is it just raising a family? How am I inspiring my family? Like, again, like, I mean, my older brother is, uh, he's an anesthetist. 
he juggles uh, 10 balls, 30 second hands, uh, 10 balls, five balls, um, 30 second handstands, squats 150. Like he is an anomaly, has three kids, you know, and a happy family, mm. you know. Um, but like that's somebody, oh, hold up. Why do I keep doing this? Keep bumping it. Want to see yeah. a beautiful face, man, and that awesome hair. <laughs> my afro? Yeah, it's me. My, my crusty the crown flow. But yeah, like that's kind of like what the potential for parenthood is, right? Like, and, and you're doing it as well to, to the best of your abilities and, and the given circumstances. Like you're being a fucking inspiration by taking courage and doing the things that scare the shit out of you. I'm sure it's not easy preparing podcasts and um, getting merch and, fucking just trying to be a dad in these times like man and you know like you guys are heroes like mm, i'm just a guy that says words i'm just a guy at the end of the day that says words to kids to kind of get them to overcome small things like shooting a fucking ball into a and into a net you know um like that's all i do Against against someone that that wants to rip your dogs off and and uh, in my case knee you in the face like that's a real risk. Yeah. follow it's danger. I, I thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not smart move. I never start anything. I always end it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I think I think your words were. Are you ready for this, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear that's not true. And anyone that's listening, um, I'm a nice guy. Yeah, you didn't you did get an exclusion for that. Know, it was on the show. <laughs> do you know? Do you know who says, who says that they're nice guys? Not Dangerous. nice guys. Dangerous man. Dangerous man. Yeah, I've got I've got a series of skills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, fuck. And then and then on your other side, like you saying about words, like your other brother, like. What's it like to oh, yeah. hear words that are so deep, so profound? Like, I always, when I'm in like a lost state, I go and listen to Air Peace all the time, man. <laughs> Bro, I don't even know if you've heard some of his new stuff, like his solo stuff. No. Um, and that on his Instagram, at Peace, A-T-P-E-A-C-E. Um, but um, he's going through some challenging times at the moment because he works with, uh, you know, so there's, at-risk youth and then there's kids that have just been tossed to the side that are, have been um, deemed as um, too hard. Mm-hmm. And so he works with these kids. Like, and so that, fuck, he's, again, he's a dad, a family man, uh, an artist, an ex-athlete. He had his NFL career cut short because his knee was chopped, blocked and Shit, if ATG was around then, he would be <laughs> he would be still playing. Well, shit, his journey is his own, right? Like you never know, but um, you know, he like he just he writes from a place of like just authenticity. Like I feel this way. This is my my process of dealing with how I feel, and then like I move on. And I, you know, some songs he shared with me maybe five years ago. Like, hey, you remember that song that you talked about this, this, and this? Like bro, that was just how I felt at the time. And now I'm, I'm through it. Like, but I'm, I appreciate it. But like, yeah, it's exactly the same, right? Like, um, we all have our artistic kind of um, side to us, but he is, he's the prodigy. I'm, yeah, I'm probably the redheaded stepchild, bro. Like, to be honest, <laughs> like, you know, like, 
he's got his whatever gold or X record, you know, like he's sold enough records. Um, and, um, he's got enough tattoos for everyone. (laughs) You know, do you know what I I give him props to? Like he is a loyal motherfucker and, um, he stayed with Tom through everything through like at peace, through average rap band, through their own, um, things. Like he just, you know, he really believed, believes in like the person that Tom could be. And I think that's like some leadership right there, staying with people and seeing who they, who the next, the nth level of them is before they even know what it is. Like, yeah. When Tom Tom released um, Evandale Bowling Club, I was like, I sat, was sitting out on the balcony in Ballina in the sun listening to that album oh, and I and I tagged him and he's like oh sorry bro that's like real down music not happy and I was like mate this is like the most deepest <laughs> shit ever it is so epic <laughs> and he's like thanks man well, <laughs> well that like that whole album is so amazing because oh uh, not album that album but that whole girl songs album oh on that piece um, yeah fuck and, then, <laughs> and bro and it's like him diving into the psychology of being a male realizing that you're like you've got like some demons and some animalistic like nature uh to like basic primal needs and necessities and like the battle of like uh what is it like the three levels of consciousness like um that's a very socratic in like dialogue there and you know you're just like bro you are a demon talking about fucking this existential to like ancient philosophy relating it to a shitty relationship or a relationship that you had. Like it's, it's beautiful stuff, man. Like, like, yeah, he's, he's a very talented guy himself, man. Yeah. yeah what's, what's the yeah. song? That, uh, so it's the first album, Girl Songs. Oh, there's some there's some there's some bad songs on that as well, bro. Oh, oh, um, can't like fish. That uh, that song is oh. <laughs> and flowers, flowers, jeez. Oh, dad. flowers get bro. Uh. <laughs> flowers. So I listened to that song like from front to uh, that album from front to back, and like it took me on this wild emotional roller coaster because it had me. It was like a reflect. I was holding up a mirror. I used the mirror f- fucking analogy again. Uh, metaphor um oh a mirror to my own relationships yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah and then like when when like my dad comes on and you're like oh yeah <laughs> like am i yeah my yeah. dad like am i like and what's going on here so, um the first one at peace like the last three songs like Man, I get like tears in my eyes now. Like, skies falling at peace, nothing, bro. Like, that's like some insignificance shit. And then, like, obviously, the other albums I've put out are all about insignificance and, and like significance in an insignificant universe. What? Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. What is it? What's that? What's that line? It's like, I know one day I'll be at peace. At least someday, I hope at least. Or something. <laughs> yeah. I, that's not even the melody. I just absolutely murdered it. Oh, the, man. The black, the black bird. And then, the like, <laughs> black bird on my black... Oh, on my backyard. Dude. Turns to the earth. I'm, I, might, I might just 
and goes I to might the just sea go, um, need to rebirth. <laughs> Fuck, it's so good. <laughs> I, and that reminds me of like, um, like why we all do like all the things like that we do. Like, um, because like we want to have significant impact with each other and we realize that we're not so different or not connected to one another. Yeah. Uh, there's the story of like lots of people share this, um, um, in the book of Gita and I'm not like a religious guy at all, but like, I love high level, uh, mythology, um, and like moral sentiment within it. But like in the book of Gita, Hanuman is the bodyguard of Ram and Ram is Hanuman is the monkey king, I guess, mm-hmm. like you could say. He's the guy that does the front splits. And like that's why um your journey into splits in yoga front splits is called uh the leap of Hanuman and it represents right. like your your back foot represents your past and your routine and your front front foot represents like a step into the future. Um but I guess uh what I'm trying to the story I'm trying to think about is when he Hanuman talks to Ram and Ram is the the earthly incarnation of God and he says like when I don't know who I am I serve you <laughs> and and then after some time of serving like I realize that I am you wow. and I it's a fuck. It's a like a. It's a super prophetic kind of thing to dive into of this idea of like, um, when I'm not who I, who I fear. I, when I'm not comfortable with myself, or I don't know where I am in the world. Like, if I dive into service and gratitude and being for others, like, and we can mimic this in today's time is like serve your community, serve your family, serve your mind, like we get a real sense of like who we are and who we're supposed to be in this world. And, um, you know, like, I think that's real beautiful because it, it reminds us that we're all fucking connected, baby. Mm-hmm. We're all energy, baby. That's and funny. so you, you are not so different from me and I'm not so different from you. But the key thing is that I take action to be of service and of gratitude so that I know who I am and my place in the world. Me. So, mate, tomorrow I'm going to hear why mental matters. Why mentals matter. Mentals matter. Can you give us a a cliff notes for the the guests of the Stagra podcast? Yeah, I mean, if you guys are listening to this before you dive into um, my live with Keats tomorrow... uh, I guess why your mentals matter was uh, like a big journey for me in terms of opening up what we've dived into today and, and, and the look of seeing the world a bit more optimistic. Um, I was personally living in a world of like um, feeling powerless to do a lot of the things that I really wanted to do because of the stories that I created in my own head. And then um, at the start of this year, I lost an athlete who meant a lot to me. Shit. 
And <clears throat> that's tough, man. And this isn't a, and it's not a sad chat, but um, so I, I lost an athlete that meant a lot to me. And then as a coach, you kind of go to a place of like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. why does this even matter? And so it was a, <clears throat> it was a, a deep dive of introspection um, on like the things that you can create out of um, positive psychology, which is a super hyped up term as well as, uh, as well as creating like an epic high performing culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that actually means, like we can say we want it, but what does that actually mean? Mm. Um, so yeah, why mentors matter. Like we'd look into like a little bit of, uh, mental skills work. Um, like it's not going to be an in-depth look of like what meditation is. Like I think that that, uh, arena has really, really been filled by all of the high level neuroscientists, but why I use it. Um, is the question that I look at as well as the other mental skills that we look at. So visualization, breath work, uh, goal setting, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's not to, it's not to be a sad story. It's a, it's actually a very happy story because his legacy is something really beautiful. So yeah. Mm. <sighs> yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want to also make this a sad story either, but, um, when Alexa was speaking and she opened up with right now is the season of suicide and Mm. she, you know, you're seeing lots of things like checking on your strong friends, checking on your quiet friends. And I, when, okay. So when I spoke with Will Fleming the first time in Auckland off camera, we had this discussion around, do the likes of you and I delve deep into why that person feels that way? And if we've never felt that way, do we then become in danger of, of getting that thought pattern? Um, I don't know. I, I, you, you spoke about doing the hard things that don't matter so that you can then apply them to the hard things. But then mm. as, a, as a coach, then, then, then there then becomes this guilt and, and, or, or like as a friend or as a mentor or as a, the responsibility of it all. Oh, I, I don't know. It's just I think it's heavy. Thing. And that's the balance. And that's the balance, like the balancing act that you play as like a coach or somebody that works with somebody, a team leader is that you've got to, and this is why this shit actually matters is because like you have to be able to elegantly with grace and poise dive into being a friend as well as maintaining that leadership mm. as well. And, and so like, then it becomes a question of like, how do you um, view power and power isn't something that is given or take it isn't given or taken. That's something that's shared. And if you, if you as a coach can come to terms with this idea of the power being a, a shared thing, um, then you're able to create uh, a culture of like honesty and openness and having tough chats and 
you know, like whether you are going through like whatever issues that you're going through, you're able to like attack them on, on from a like we level, like a societal mm-hmm. or a team and a group level, which gives people more power, I think. And I think that's why we have a lot of this um, social uh, media awareness around mental health is because like when we attack things from like a, a, a team or a universal level, we don't feel so helpless in the thing that we're trying to attack. Hmm. And that's why we see the same kind of concepts being applied to this idea of fitness. Like we're fitness, nothing else. We'll just say fitness because hmm. is um, that like everyone is, I think we've got this cognitive thing that everyone is working out. So now like let's attack our fitness from a, a, a universal level or our health. Let's say health. Like, so people are making, I think, I hope positive changes in this, in this time frame of, um, of, uh, looking after their health, whatever that looks like. But yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think if you're, this is why like mentals matter and the, like, I'll go into it probably in depth. I don't know where it's going to go. Like, I never know what these podcasts, are, where these podcasts are going to go, yeah. but like, like I don't think you expose yourself to um, suffering from like a mental illness, and this is my unexpert opinion on this. If you reach out to help and coach, I think that's a big misnomer, and like um, the reason why people don't reach out is because they're scared that they'll like take on other people's problems. But like often, like people aren't looking for an outside of like bi- like like clinical, biologically like depressed or like whatever mental Ill- depression or mental illness there is. I think like people are actually on the lower scale of things, like which are, a lot of people probably sit in. Um, like people are actually searching connection, and that's why that like Hanuman. That's, that story that story of Hanuman actually matters because it's like what we're actually striving for is like a little bit more connection to others as well as connection to ourselves. And mm-hmm. so if you've got like a, an, a little bit of a, a self-reflective pr- practice, which I'm sure you do already, um, is like you can understand, you can ask, you probably have the capacity uh, to ask yourself those tough questions of like, oh shit, why am I feeling this way? And then diving to those Toyota five whys and going five whys deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel this way because X. I feel, and then like making a decision or choice to be like, shit, I might need to go get some help for this. And man, fuck, I'm team therapy all the way. Like, if, you know, some people need it, some people don't, some poo poo it, some don't like, but it helped me. Like, mm. and so, you know, I'm, I'm not every human, but like, I don't, I, I limited a lot of my probably athletic potential because of some stories that I told myself that I didn't belong in the teams that I was already in. Like, you know, like mm. I had a huge, um, imposter syndrome when I was playing professionally. I was like, Fuck, can I actually hack it? And then like, you know, I'm scoring goals every game. I'm defending the biggest dudes. I remember the story I told you the other night. <laughs> Massive Cubans <laughs> came out of labs. I, I was defending, yeah, I, I, I was defending massive Cubans that came out of Russian Soviet Russia. Um, yeah. 
genetically manufactured for water polo, <laughs> like hands the size of dinner plates, you know, like, and I was there and I was doing it. So like, what the fuck was that about? And like, you know, like that's when I came back and started playing in Australia. Um, uh, what was my limiting? What was my limit? Sorry, somebody's calling me. Um, what was my limiting factor and why I had the career I had and what, what was like the other side of that story as well? Like what were the, th- what were the lucky things that happened to me? Because like it's often we, we, we dwell on that small little dot that isn't real, mm-hmm. isn't the end. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where the, I don't know where this podcast went, bro. You had me fucking crying. What the fuck? Sorry, bro. It was, you were. Uh, no, you're good. You took, to, you took that around to an awesome place and an awesome finish. And um, yeah, uh, I think, like you say, the, and that's what we all sort of got to, the, the mental hygiene, like we've, we've, we've created mental health to be this, this contagion germ theory where actually it's, it's about unity and, and um, community and drive and, and, and helping each other and, and Collab- collaborating our ideas and exploring our ideas and verbalizing our ideas, be- being there to listen and, and, and stuff like that. And so, yeah. You know, even that was a clear example there. Like, uh, you can talk and express yourself and, and get those good vibes again. Like, it's, man, it's like, a journey. And that's it, man. Like, I, fuck, like, I, I've never been to a place where. I've wanted to hurt myself or in my life or shit like that. So I can't relate on that level, but what I can relate to is like feeling helpless and feeling out of control and feeling like, and having uh, issues of worth. And so like whether like my story resonates or not, like I always be honest from where I come from because I can't take you where I haven't been. Mm. So but I can hope to help to, I can aspire to, I guess, inspire you to take control of what is in, in front of you and mastering your challenges. Me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, bro. Let, yeah, let's wrap it oh, up. you go. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. people find you on Yosefa Tuyaso. Is that right? Yeah. My, uh, my full name, last name. I had a long battle with that. I had a yeah. very long battle with that. I used to not be able to, um, I used to feel uncomfortable. Here's a cool story. Um, I used to be uncomfortable with telling people my full name um, because one, it was inconvenient for them to have to learn how to pronounce it. But actually it was always, it was more inconvenient for me because then they'd fuck it up more often than not in trying to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. And so I just, have dived into like embracing like my full name because there's power in that. It's like, there's a reason my dad gave it to me as my grandfather's name who met, chose to come here from Samoa and make a better life for his family and follow his love. Um, and then um, Tuya Sal means King of Asal. So uh, like there's like some, there's something to that is uh, to, to own your heritage is like very, very powerful. And I think Europeans do it very well on their crest of honor. And then I think Samoans, especially living in Australia and New Zealand, um, sometimes hide behind it. And I think when I put that up, and when I changed my Instagram handle, like I, I felt more power, powerful as well. I was like, ah, oh, 
cool. Like this is a better reflection of who I am now. I was like, I'm real proud of my culture. Like, and I'm real proud of what, like guys like myself and Ezra, uh, and all of those real high level motivators in the NRL that, that are doing good things are doing for the culture because they care and, and other sports around the world. Like look, think talking about these tough, tough questions because you know, the least well-off communities like Polynesian PI communities are often the ones that are overlooked in terms of um, they still face these issues, but then there's another level to it in terms of tradition and um, family life dynamics that play into it. So, mm. yeah. So that's another story. Me. There we go. More me. powerful. So you, yeah, you can find me on that on Instagram. Website should be up by the end of um, – lockdown um and then yeah just reach out if you ever ever want to chat it can be about anything doesn't even have to be about sport aquatics wouldn't even dive into the sports side of my life which is fucking good for once who <laughs> wants to talk about sports i don't care i don't care about that anymore it's just your passion no. <laughs> it's it's my platform to deliver my passion for sure yeah for sure if i didn't have it and i didn't have that experience i wouldn't be able to deliver what I give a fuck about. Yeah, man. So you've given us so much. The wrap it up question is what shows up in your life, what serves you over and over and over again. Yeah. Mm. Is that the question you're asking me? Yeah. Of you. What's, what's the one thing of you that shows up over and over again and serves you? Um, it's that like, Hmm, that's a really good question. What serves me over and over again besides black coffee in the morning? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Man, I I am missing some like quality espresso from Ozone mm. um up here. Um yeah. But uh besides but I I think that's it is like ritual. It's like coffee and get energized. Like whatever that looks like every morning it serves me. Um, and then I just, I guess it's that Lululemon factor, <laughs> right? It's like do one thing a day that scares you. Yes. I don't know that's, that's um, associated with Lululemon. Me. I like uh, that. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's part of their like mantra or some shit like that. Um, Monster. So do one thing, um, do one thing a day that scares you. And so today the thing that scared me was, uh, walking away from my computer and doing this conversation without my computer as a side note for my tools and stuff and just freestyling. But I did it and it, like, bah, it's good. It feels good. I mean, you said about mantra. Um, we've got Deepak Chopra's book there. Uh, I got my mantra from him and it's Satnam. And yesterday or the day before, ah. I finally found out what that is. It's truth. I was like, whoo. Cool. <laughs> um, I heard a really cool one today. Man, you, we could go on forever, eh? <laughs> yeah. This Just is one of our, our things. Can't was, um, I think I heard one today and it was um, when we look at words like as in their whole entirety, we often lose the meaning. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then this person was like, look at this word. And it was bless. Yes. And it was like, what does that mean to you? And I mean, and like all these people like explained like in the notes, um, it was like, it means the X, Y, and Z. It means to be 
to be gifted and to be to be uh, talented and all this other shit. And it's like, no, bless is for you as an individual. It's like, to be less. Mm. Stop trying so hard. Stop trying so hard to be X, Y, and Z. Just be less. Ask for less. And then you'll be blessed. Wow. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wait. <Yes>. Boom. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause because uh, yeah. you've got a phone call to get on, and I've got lawns to mow, and man, yeah. and I've got to get this out to the world as well, so that they can right. hear it, and then they can join real movement and tune into and, they, more and they can see my nipples. Yeah, right. <laughs> epic, bro. I'm pressing. All right, stop. my brother. Cheers. All right. Wow, is that the lesson from all of this? Be less. Be blessed. I'm still looking around at the scenery and it's a blessing. I'm far out, man. So, so lucky with everything. It's, it's weird. And what a conversation, what a person to have in your life. Um, I, I hope you guys appreciate uh, what just happened there because I'm in such a good mood now. <laughs> wow. And that may be because I get to go spend some time with my daughter next week, but so many lessons in that. There's someone coming up the road. <laughs> uh, hope you're well out there. Hope you're blessed. Hope all of those things, that connection, that value in yourself, that drive to follow and find your passion to remedy that hurt, that pain. Um, I hope it all comes out and it's conversations like this that maybe plant those seeds just like when I have those young patients, I try to plant that seed of what is your passion and hopefully that child passion, that childlike curiosity is then mirrored in their mentors, their parents, their grandparents, um, that butterfly effect, we could all make a difference. I know this podcast um, reaches a number of you regularly, and I'm so thankful. Um, love hearing from you, love hearing that it makes a difference, love sharing that you, it is making a difference. Um, and yeah, super lucky. Uh, as I said at the start, that the caps are available. Uh, if you're keen to be part of this movement, um, there's a website in the making. Um, there's there's a way to we're, we're just thinking about a way to to create that community, create uh, this movement moving forward. Uh, and like I said, if you're after looking good, cleaning good, uh, not having those toxins, using natural products, check out Modern Pirate. Um, massive stuff coming out of them uh, in the next few while. I'm super excited to be a part of of Kent's journey and follow along um, with Modern Pirate and what that means as a lifestyle brand. Uh, it's it's inspiring and it's awesome to connect with people like that. Um, Kent's how I got introduced to Andy Ross. Right. This is awesome. I love it. And thanks so much for being a part of it. Uh, the podcast sponsor, as always, as I spoke at the start, the thing that got me and Yosefa connected in the first place Um how I have that connection, or well, part of the connection I have with Keegan Smith is the exogenous ketones from Prove It, W-A-I-K-E-T-0 dot P-R-U-V-I-T-N-O-W dot com to get your hand on 
exogenous ketones, the 60-hour reboot, which is a fasting protocol. Um, I'm massively bullish on fasting. I'm hoping to do a intervention study with fasting uh, with my patients with macular degeneration. That's what I spoke about. Um, I spoke about fasting and rat models to the real movement community. It was fun to riff on that. Um, yeah, ketosis is a powerful tool. It's a powerful way to live. It's a powerful paradigm to work through in terms of optimizing your energy, optimizing the essence of your energy, your mitochondria, um, keeping your insulin low, keeping it useful for when you need it, uh, keeping inflammation low, recovering from traumatic brain injury, protecting from traumatic brain injury. I think it's a powerful tool. Um, it might open some cans of worms. Uh, we've had Gary Ficke on here explaining how going down the rabbit hole of why a low-carb lifestyle might be suppressed can get you in trouble. <laughs> it's partly why I'm quite nervous about the way I practice and the information that I share in practice, but um, I'm bullish on that. My, an article on low-carb diets, and this goes back to Jay Hawley, the diabetic carnivore, um, the Bernstein method. I've, I've written an article to introduce that to the optometry community. I'm there. This is teaching teaching us that your, your profession may be gone. And same with Greg Emerson. Your profession may be gone, but your story, your passion lives on. And, um, yeah, that's why I'm bullish on, on finding your passion, living from passion, asking the question, what is your passion, and moving forward. Living life is ordinary. That's what the podcast is all about. Thanks so much for listening. I've been rambling on this. So much energy that came from it, so much energy from my day. Love you all. Thank you. Bye.